Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. these are my prouder moments in life you know like again you learn from this stuff you experience it you're like yeah oh fuck that was just not the best way to handle right. that so i don't want to do that again when you start labeling something like well that's that's kink you know that you've got vanilla right which we all understand that term like oh you know you have vanilla sex like right. okay you're the straight up good people you're having vanilla sex <laughs> then there's this group over here these are kinksters yeah. these are kinky people that have to live in the shadows and be and be in shame and they yeah have to hide they're like heart. demonizing them or something but i you know what looking back i just so appreciate that that there was an openness an open door yeah. policy and that sex was not dirty or taboo and i just never was left with that impression wow what is going on here you know like yeah what is this about this just lack of I want to even say manhood. I don't know if that's the right way mm. to term it, but it feels like that. It feels yeah. like you're dealing with boys and not men. So welcome, Dr. Darian Parker. We met when I was on your podcast, Dr. D's Social Network. So guys, if you haven't checked that out, it's episode, I think, 334. And I'll make sure that I add that in the show notes, but I'm very excited to have Dr. Parker on today. And, you know, what I really want to do today, Darian, is you cover a wide range of topics, but today I really want to kind of pick your brain about, I want to, I want to go over some of those episodes and pick your brain about dating and some of the ways that, you know, we've evolved socially as it relates to, you know, casual sex and kink and just interpersonal relationships. So that's kind of the, it's all going to kind of fall under that genre. But I wanted the first episode that caught my attention straight away was you did this five minute clip on ghosting and you definitely yeah. weren't in favor of it. And I, just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. And first, so I have kind of a couple questions. Let me just fire them at you, machine gun them at you. What is ghosting and why do you think people do it? And do you think it's a sign of the times and generational? And why is this so problematic and pervasive? And then let's talk about, once we get through that, I want to talk about maybe some alternatives to ghosting. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's essentially, it's a method of communication for people where silence is your answer. And so let's say you're uh, looking to get an answer from somebody, whether it's in dating context, whether it's a work context, family context, you can take it to almost any topic. And the other person essentially decides not to provide any communication, whether it's email, text, verbal communication. They decide, you know what? Zero communication is my answer and leave everything up to a guest for the uh, person who's waiting for something. And uh, it's always been an, it's always been like a thing for me. 
I don't know, like ever since I was in high school, even, and this was like pre, like this was like just when the internet was coming around before anything. So this isn't like a digital age thing. This is like well before this was even going. I just think it's uh, the psychology behind it is for a lot of people that believe that ghosting is appropriate because they think the other person really doesn't care if they get back to them. They go, well, what does it matter? I won't meet this person again or I or whatever. I just forgot or this and that. You know, it's not a big deal. But I think it's inconsiderate of the other person's feeling who was looking for something. And I think it's happening much more. It's more prevalent, I think, because of the increase in technology is that it's weirdly enough, it's like when you have more options for communication, sometimes you choose less communication. You're paralyzed by the amount of options that you have for Too many choices. It's really strange. Yeah, it's like if you go to a restaurant, there's too many choices. You just default to whatever you like. You just get the same meal every time for that. And so I think it's problematic because it's just a breakdown in communication. So I think teaching it to younger people is really important. It's like, okay, you have the power of more power than the Apollo missions in your hand, in your on your phone, this digital prosthesis. And it has a lot of good, but part of that, it's poor choice to just decide, hey, I'm not going to get back to you. I'm moving on. They'll just figure it out that I didn't get back to them. So it's totally fine for that. It's hurtful. It hurts people's feelings. And I think that's also part of this kind of self-indulgent behavior where only my feelings matter and really doesn't matter about other feelings. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as someone that's out there dating and just talking to people casually and people want to feel heard and seen and acknowledged and you don't have to take that too far but I'll out myself right now I have actually like shut down maybe once or twice and ghosted somebody it was more situational it was more that there was more behind it than just something casual but and it's not those I won't say these these are my prouder moments in life you know (laughs) like again you learn from this stuff you experience it you're like yeah well, fuck, that was just not the best way to handle right. that. So I don't want to do that again. That's not fair, right? But I feel like it's a, a bit of a sign of the times and maybe it's a bit of a generational thing where with this just access to, you know, we're texting and social media where everything's so, there's just this lack of connection and personability that it's easy. It's really, it's kind of the, I feel like it's the, unevolved lazy person's way of being able to just not deal with shit. And, and you yeah. know, there's, but right. There's things we just, all of us naturally don't want to deal with, but I still feel that it's indicative of an evolved person to at least just give it to somebody straight up. And the reason I kind of brought this up is I had to do this the other day with someone where I had to just, break it down for them and say, you know, even though in my mind, I'm like, why do I have to explain this? You know, you, you know, <laughs> right. You're like, this seems yeah. so elemental. Like, yeah. why do I have to explain this? But I did. And I, you know, it's just like, Hey, let me reiterate for like the fifth time. You know, I didn't say that, but I didn't say the fifth time, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just like, yeah. I, have, I have said this, this, and this, and you continue to, not meet this, this, and this. And therefore, you know, 
I've tried to be upfront about this does not work for me and this just doesn't work for me. And so I don't want to be rude or disrespectful of your time. I want to give you an explanation, but no, <laughs> you know, like, no, this is my long witted way of saying no. And I feel like, do, I feel like a lot of people are so uncomfortable with that. They yes. don't want to say no. That's a bigger issue. I think even actually, I just had a conversation about this with another podcast host and they were asking me, well, how do you, do you tell potential guests no, or just like if somebody asked you to be on the show, you just ignore it. I said, oh, I'll never ignore it. No matter how crazy it is. It doesn't matter how crazy it is. I will get back to them. And if I'm not interested, I literally tell them the topic doesn't interest me. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. I really appreciate it. It just doesn't resonate. With me. Yeah. And I, she was pretty like blown away by that. And I was like, you just have to tell people the reason why you're not interested or just say, you know, I'm just not interested. And I think there's we've we've leaned on way too much on things, even just like podcast guests. It's like somebody contacts you and your answer to them is like nothingness. And I really try to think about how the other person on the other end feels about that. You know, they have something they want to talk about. They really they feel strongly about it, want to get their message out. And even if they can't get it out on your show, people always appreciate when I tell them I just don't have an interest. And they go, thank you. You know what they always say? Thank you for getting back to me. I really appreciate that. That always tells me that's not happening for them most of the time. It's just silence. Yes. Well, so as it coincides, like I have that in my dating life and I have that in my podcast life where I have to say <laughs> no to people. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because I always, you know, and I've said it before on, on this show, you know, where I do, I really try to just get back to everybody, whether it's somebody that's reaching out to me for dating or being a guest or what have you, and to just take the time and give them a basic, what I, what I call like a basic level of consideration. Yes. You know? And not everybody does that. Right. So I, you know, it's just, it's just a basic level of consideration. It can be brief and direct and succinct and to the point, but what, you know, it's not hurtful. It is what it is. And however you word it. And that seems to be so lost. <laughs> And it's definitely not the norm. And I no. I wonder why. I just think like for a lot of, it's gotten used to, I think it's just something that starts it's kind of like a seed. It starts through a little, maybe one person does it to you or you do it to somebody else and you go, oh, this is efficient for me. Because it is kind of efficient it is in some weird, in a weird way, right? It's efficient. Nope. You just don't respond Absolutely. and then you move on, right? It's a, it's. It's efficient in a bad way, but it is efficient. And then you're like, oh, this is great. I don't have to answer anybody. I just move on, move on. But then also I learned too, it's like the more you talk to people is people are overwhelmed by their technology. So like I have friends who have like 50,000 emails in their email account, you know, mm -hmm. like 30,000 emails, or they have 600 tech and they're just trying to triage what's the most important thing. Oh, this person emailed me about a podcast or whatever it's a date. They're like, mm, that's not that important as this. So people are just making, they're triaging the, all the communications coming to them. Right. And really what they need to do is if you have 50,000 emails in your inbox, you probably shouldn't have email. You just probably shouldn't have it. Like well, you, you can't, you, you don't know have, how to deal with right. it. Right. 
Right. You should have an assistant and or a more effective way right. to, to deal right. with going it back to them. It's funny because, you know, I'm such a business person at heart. And so like all of this stuff, like I'm just like, we can make a system out of this. You know, we can, there's a way. A system, to, exactly. There's a way to figure yeah. this out to where everybody is still acknowledged. And then that trickles down to the, when you think of that as a big funnel and that's the stuff on the top and it's big and then it, it narrows down, narrows down. And then you get to like the real finite stuff when it comes to your personal life, you can manage that yeah. stuff. And I guess I feel a little bit sorry for people who are, who are raised or just believe that they can't even manage that small little trickle in their funnel. And it's just like, right. life is going to be really difficult for you. <laughs> it, is. it really is. There's only going to be more technology. There's only going to be more access to things. So yeah. I just believe people multitasking, we know the research, most people are really bad at it. It's, yeah. it's not like my opinion. It's, it's factual. A very large amount of literature on this. Anybody no. tell you I'm great at multitasking? Mm -hmm. Probably not. No. Uh, so you yeah. have to find what if Instagram's your thing of how you answer people, use that as your answering thing. Make if it one email is that, use that. Make it one thing. One use thing. that as your portal. Direct. And if you need to hire an assistant, great. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. can't hire an assistant, you gotta rethink what what am I doing with this thing? You know, yeah. so Absolutely. I think it's a lot of systems. I know. Absolutely. But then again, just to kind of, re, you know, recircle it back to, so people just get overwhelmed and for whatever reason, and I would say more on the personal side, let's exclude the business part of it, but more on the, on the personal side, you know, I think people just don't know, or they're not comfortable for whatever reason with saying no. Yeah. And I was always told that Thank goodness for my parents, you know, who said, well, you can really say anything you want with a smile on your face. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It, it just yeah. goes. So to expound on that, like you can say anything you want in a text with a smile on your, you know, if it comes across pleasant and complimentary and just, or even just flat out making sense, that's <laughs> that. It's like, you know, you can really, you really can formulate two sentences. And even if mm -hmm. you have a standard cut and paste way that you sure. ghost somebody, if that, if you want the efficiency route, right. That, that, you know, that you, let's say we'll call that, we'll call that the new ghosting. You know, you just, it's just, for me, it's usually, uh, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm just not feeling the chemistry and, uh, yep. I wish you the best. Yes. And, that, and that's it. Right. And that's what I do. It's like, boom, you know, it's like, there we go. It's a, you can have a standard again, when I systematize things, I'm like, how can we standardize this? Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Does this fit most of what can, can, can I, yeah. can I encapsulate this and make this work for most people? Yes. You know? And so yeah. it takes very little effort and very little creativity, but it's shocking to me that there's so little of that out there right now. And I'm just like, it's really not that <laughs> it's going to get worse too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I know. So anyway, I, so my next, I was going to kind of follow up and say like, give, you know, let's have some alternatives to ghosting. But I think we really kind of just, I think we really yeah. kind of hit that one on the head, right? If we can agree that just ghosting people in general, especially pers especially when it's a personal interaction, it's really offensive. <laughs> it really is offensive. Yeah, it is offensive. And there's yeah. a, and so and this the simple way to avoid it is come up with a standard 
one to two sentence response and let that be that. Now, if the other person doesn't accept it, that's kind of on them, but you serve the ball back to their court and (laughs) and you're not the asshole that ghosted somebody. That's exactly (laughs) right. Who wants to be the, why do you want it? And that's what thing you're developing an asshole reputation. And some, at some point, somebody's going to call you out on that. It yeah. may not happen for a while, but eventually somebody's going to think you're rude and right. tell you about it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So let's avoid that. All right. So the next episode I want to focus on is you had Galen Faust on. And <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was episode 303. And he's written a book. It's called Decoding Your Kink. His, mm-hmm. he did like, he, you know, he had that survey based research with over 6,000 participants and he maps the collision of fear, shame, trauma with sexual development and desire. And I read that. I was like, oh gosh, I need to reach out to this guy. I gotta, I'd love to have him on my show. He's like, and <laughs> oh, was, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of your biggest takeaways from that interview? I think one of the biggest takeaways, he talks a lot about the sexual creature inside all people. And for some reason, that phrase, sexual creature, really resonated with me. Because I think that's innate to all humans. There is something highly sexual about all of us that, for lack of a better word, lurking inside of all people. And, and Galen talked about, I think, in the context of there's people who that that sexual creature is always being tamped down for them. It's always being, you can't do this. Kink is bad you have a problem, instead of addressing that, if somebody's like, and maybe innately really into the different aspects of kink, that we should explore that. We shouldn't denigrate them and say, well, you know, this person has a problem because they they like this version of this, or that's terrible or disgusting. And then it manifests itself in other ways that may not be healthy. And so that really hit me is just kind of like, hey, you know, we, we should be talking about this. We need to be more open about sexuality. I think it's still one of these things that is somewhat taboo to have this discussion about. It's kind of, it's just so stupid to me. It's just like a very, and it's very endemic to humans. So why are we set about it? I don't know. Darian, this is one of my most burning questions. And it probably is just still, it's still unanswered to this point. You know, why the fuck are we so bunged up over sexuality? Why is this such a shameful, naughty, secretive thing? Why is it that, why is it the one thing that seems to be so hard to tackle, not only socially as a culture, but when you, you know, for most couples, casual or not, and then married people, you know, like you stand up in front of your friends and family and you make vows and promises. And for some reason, you know, like you're, you're vowing to go the distance and do all this grandiose stuff, but for some reason you cannot manage to discuss sex. It's the one thing that over the years of doing this podcast, I have found is the standout killer among relationships. It's that lack of ability to communicate and bridge the gap between the disparity between the differences between two partners' sexual wants, needs, and desires. Yeah. 
What the hell? It's, it's strange. It's just kind of like, my, I had a conversation also with this, kind of a similar thing. It's like money. You know, we had this weird hang up with money also, where it's like, let's not talk about how much money somebody makes or this person makes or where somebody is financially. It's almost like it's another taboo yeah, I, topic. I call that fine. So there's intimacy and then I call that financial intimacy. If you're not yeah. financially intimate with your partner, you're kind of screwed. And, it, and yeah. you know, if you don't have intimacy and then financial intimacy, you are you're in for a long haul of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. And I think you know, Galen really, I think his real big focus is education about things that other people would think are not appropriate in some level. Like in, in that interview, he discussed about like he knew he was different growing up and he really liked pink like really loved it. But imagine like Galen's an older gentleman and imagine the time that he grew up in where that was completely Yeah, the 50s, right? Yeah, he's coming right. up. Yeah. He was and, saying how he loved the oof. nylons and the, you know, women with, yes. you know, those 1950s who wear their skirts and their nylons <laughs> yeah. and the, and now, you know, we sort of, uh, we'll, we'll make innuendos to that, like that's sexy, you know, like yeah. we can yeah. read into that, right? But for some reason, he's shamed that shameful now, you know, or it was shameful. Yeah. And I think that's, it's great. And I always say like, with all these discussions, I feel like my podcast, like I just let it turn into whatever it's going to be. And right now I feel like it's turning into, uh, like this, the open up the floodgates, let's talk about taboo topics type of thing. Mm -hmm. And which is why I love talking to people about sex. I've had a lot of people on that talk about sex, BDSM and all this stuff. And uh, just because I think even if it's not necessarily my thing, it's something that needs to be discussed openly to the public and to demystify all these things. If somebody is into a certain thing like that, and it's fine, you know, it's not as long as it's not hurting other people. That's something that is causing harm on a larger level and people are consenting to it and they're safe about it, what's the big deal? And so I think that there's still just a large group of people who may have been raised a certain way to believe that this thing was bad or that thing was bad, and they haven't opened their mind to actually explore it. But I find that most people who are very closed off about sex, they just don't talk about it. They don't educate themselves about it. They just immediately say, no good. Or it's kind of like if somebody says, oh, marijuana is bad, but they've never had cannabis or they've never explored cannabis. How do you know? Like, how would, how can you form an opinion about something you actually have never researched or never explored anything? That's yeah. stupid. Yeah. One of the things that I have loved so much about doing this podcast for myself is it, it, it took me down roads. A, I never thought I'd go down and B, you know, it, it ended up being just something totally different than what my original thought and intention was. And that's one of the things that I love and embrace about being just a human being is that you, there's just so much out there to, to do, feel and experience. And I always, you know, and through doing that and documenting, it's been this social experiment that I, you know, I say like, I'm using myself as it's a social experiment with myself. And I, I hope others listen and get the benefit of it. And they hear something that resonates with them. But the one thing that one of the many things that I've come to realize is that my use of the word never, if you listen to my 
you know, yep. first season, it's like, oh, I will never do this. And I will never do that. And that, uh, that is just not turned, that is not, you know, it's all this, it's a lot of no, no, no. And then as time goes on, it's I actually love the fact that there's so much contradiction. I've captured so much contradiction and growth and development through, you can see where I was just like, no, like I will never do that. Yeah. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden it opens up and I'm just like, wow, this is something I thought I would never be open to. And now I just see it as I actually realize what a vital key part of me that, that it is and that was missing. And I guess what I really want to point out is that there doesn't really have to be this distinction between, you know, even to call something kink, it's just yeah. sexuality. There's a big, right. broad spectrum. But when you start labeling something like, well, that's that's kink, you know, that you've got vanilla, right? Which we all understand that term like, oh, you know, you have vanilla sex. Like, right. okay, you're the straight up good people. You're having vanilla sex. <laughs> then there's this group over here. These are kinksters. Yeah. These are kinky people that have to live in the shadows and be and be in shame. And they yeah, have to they're like heart. demonizing them or something. And, and yeah. they can't, you know, they can't be open about it because they're going to be judged and blah, 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 all this stuff. You know, and to me, it's just like, it's kind of just bullshit. My definitions have really expanded to, it's just a matter of, do you have two consenting adults involved? And if so... What those two people decide between the two of them is that might be vanilla. That might be, that is okay. Yeah. And run with it. It's not a matter of classification. It's just what do the two people involved need to want to have their needs met? And is that happening? And if it is, thumbs up. That's a-okay. And to stop sort of putting it in these weird us versus them and kinksters versus yeah. and I really liked that episode, you know, that you had, I was like, Oh, this is really cool stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Galen's a great, uh, great guy. And he provided, I thought a lot of really good information about it. And it's kind of an overarching theme in our history as humans is we often don't like what we don't understand or we, we anything that's different from what we know, we often demonize it or we make it evil instead of just actually trying to learn about it. I mean, it's different if you're like, I'm not into that and you've tried it or you've researched and you've given a really good effort into knowing about it. Then you could form an opinion because it's, it's kind of like you live, let's say you live in Virginia and you have strong opinions about California, although you've never been to California, you don't know anybody from California, yeah. you say, oh, is this type, how can you form an opinion about California? Just, that's crazy to me. You have to really take a deep dive on something to have to form an opinion. I mean, you could form an opinion, but it's really baseless without any real taking a dive into it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to go a little uh, deep on this one and I'm going to put a little inter interpretive spin on it. Okay, so here's the next one. So you did, you're doing, or you've done this Remind series, right? And yeah. I think it was number three, Getting Lost, that really kind of caught my attention. And you had, is her name Noah? Noah, yeah. Yeah, Noah Ronan on. And you struggled through speaking two different languages to communicate with each other. And you eventually, you know, you get your questions answered or understood by her. And it seemed, you know, to be a genuinely, a genuinely kind of like fun experience for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of what struck me about that, I was just wondering, 
Why is that fun versus trying to communicate with your partner and significant others? Because when sometimes it feels like you are speaking two totally different languages, you know, and why can we immerse ourselves in the wonderment of learning and being vulnerable and open when it comes to that aspect? But when it comes to interpersonal relationships, you know, we just like, oh, we avoid that like the plague. Yeah, I think that was part of it in that whole series was just to remind people about the things that are important, like getting lost and having new adventures and things of that nature. And I think in interpersonal relationships, again, you get to bring that back to sex, communication, parenting, whatever it may be. I think we like to blame society as a whole or whatever's happening out there in the ether of the internet and all that. But really it comes back to the beginning, the genesis of your life. Who were you raised by? What's the environment you were in? That often is the building blocks for your openness or your closed mindedness of things for that. And so again, with like relationship and sex and all those things, it's, were you around people who were very open about it? Were they very closed minded about it? And some people may be too open-minded about it at certain ages. I mean, there's certain things you should have some, you need to tamp it down, age-appropriate stuff. Um, like, you know, some like people are a little my crazy. Mom. I felt like that was my mom. She was so yeah. forward-thinking and progressive, really, for her time. Because, you know, my grandma was super conservative and yeah. basically just handed my mom a book, you know, like, Here's how you're going to understand about femininity, sexuality, have yeah. a period, all this stuff, right? And that was it. There was no discussion. And so my mom was just bound and determined to make sure that she did yeah. not repeat that. And it was more like she'd be having these discussions with me as a kid. And I'm like, I just don't even want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know what? Looking back, I just so appreciate appreciate that, you know, that there was an openness, an open door policy, and that sex was not dirty or taboo. And I just never was left with that impression. You know, I probably any sort of angst or judgment about it came later, probably more through my peer group, the things that I picked up societally, you know, where I was like taking that information in because I certainly wasn't getting it at home. So, but I feel like that's probably the reason I'm so such a, it's, I'm so open to it and an adventurer and a pioneer of it. It's like, what's a big fucking deal? Like really we're all, I know, you know, I'd rather be around people who are like, like if they're into a lot of different stuff, I want to know about it. Like, uh, let's just talk about it freely. And I think the uncomfortableness is just it's just a lack of exposure to people who are speaking freely about it or they have these preconceived ideas related to it. It's just a lot of contradictions in life. We can talk about one thing openly, but then we can't talk about the other. And that's why I always wanted my podcast to be about open communication about as many things as possible. And uh, for me, that I have no shame to talk about most things. Yeah. Like, well, fine, you know. Yeah. And it, and it is, I mean, like, as I was going through your episodes, I was like, you know, it's, you really cover, you, there's a lot under that umbrella, you know, and actually what yeah. I love about it is like, I was just like, shoot, there's really, I mean, there's just something in here for everybody. And the interesting thing is if you're, I find that if you're open-minded just in general, like is fun and exciting, going back to the theme of your getting lost series, these quick yeah. little 
snippets and ideas is that it's really, I don't know if you ever followed Jim Rohn, but uh, he's one of my favorite business mentors. And the one thing that stuck with me, like one of my favorites from him was he always said, stay a student of the game. And it was, you know, it was in business, like you never know enough. You'll never know You'll never really be, you can think you're a master, but stay a student of the game. Always be learning and interested and have that, you know, childlike fascination and wonderment for learning. And that is what I really hope to impart on people as well, that you can apply that, you know, if you can apply that the way you did when you're wandering around and, you know, in that scenario there, right? And you don't, yeah. she's speaking Hebrew yeah. and you're communicating in English and you're trying <laughs> to get across the point. And eventually you do like, you know, you were immersed and interested and plugged in to that. And it was fun and exciting and interesting. And pretty much any subject matter can be that way. Even if you don't know anything yeah. about it or it's out of your comfort zone, and A, that's one of the things that your podcast does so well because you serve such a large breadth of subject matter, you know, not just, I mean, you know, it's it's just all inclusive, but you can find, you can approach that each episode kind of with that mindset. And more importantly, you know, as, as it relates to me and my podcast, sexuality, it's like people just need to lighten the fuck up and remember- Lighten up. What it's like to just be curious and interested and intrigued. And do I want to dress up as a clown and have sex? And does that, is that one of my, you know, like interests? And do I get off on, is that like clown play? Is that something that I find interesting or sexually a turn on? No, but, you know, like learning about it, I think is kind of funny and fun. I want to hear about it though. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, well, what is this about? You know, I mean, what is it? Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> you know, like, okay, like, you know, like the people just really, there's things, there's just so much out there. And so I hope that people will still stay open minded and then take that mentality to their relationships, you know, their most, their most precious and poignant relationships in their life. If they can take that same mentality to their, wonderment of learning about the other person that's important in their life, that things are going to be really fun. Oh, yes, of course. I mean, like I was, I had a lady on and, you know, we were talking about water sports and I was like, what's that? And I was like, (laughs) you know what it means, it's being on each other and stuff. And that's not something I want to do, but I wanted to learn all about it. It doesn't make me weird. There's just, I'm curious about it. Yeah. And I was telling a bunch of other like clients and people about it and they were like, oh my gosh. I was like, it's really not a big deal. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, it's just information. Yeah. Right? We just have to be willing to discuss information that maybe isn't part of our thing, but it's just a curiosity. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. You know, we can discuss things that are so negative in the world, Holocaust, death, mm-hmm. carnage, like that will have our attention, right? But, you know, you want to talk about something that's bringing people joy and excitement. And if we're not into it, it's like, oh, that's disgusting or, uh, eh, you know, like, yeah. we won't be turned off by watching, you know, but by wanting to look at a train wreck, you know, literally or a car right. wreck on the side right. of the road. But of course, that'll have our fascination seeing loss of life and pain and suffering. Right. But we, won't, yeah. but we don't totally. want to think, but we're like, we're poo-pooing and shaming 
what brings, again, I go back to it, as long as it's between consenting adults, everybody's okay with it, then it's like, again, you can say, this is just not my thing, but it doesn't mean you have to then disparage it for other people that it was for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just stay curious. There's just a lot of stuff out there that, you know, you just never know where staying a student of the game and continuing to be open-minded is going to lead you. So, okay, here's my last question. I know we're kind of on a time frame. I want to be respectful of that. So you had, well, actually it's my second to the last. So, but the last one's real quick. So I'll be quick about this. Okay. On episode 265, you had Zach, is it Shylin? Oh, Shleen, Jack, Shleen. Zach Shleen. Yeah. Yes. Filter off. Um, yes, yes, yes. And he's a creator of that new dating app. And so mm. I found that really interesting for a lot because I'm out there dating. And so of course I, I'm always just, I have my thoughts about how people connect, why they connect, all that. And yeah. And so his is more, you know, video based versus just he's trying to get people to be vi- connecting over video versus text. And, you know, I have to admit, I struggle with the dating apps. It's kind of a love hate thing. And what I one of the things I don't like about it is just all this stupid texting back and forth, which is <laughs> so not personal. I yeah. want to fast track it. Let's get to the crescendo. Let's decide whether or not we have a connection <laughs> And not waste each other's time. I'm about efficiency. Like going back to the email thing. Like yeah, I'm, I'm about systems. Yeah. It's like, how can I rip through this? How can I make this efficient? You know, I'm I'm sort of where old school meets modern world, you know, and I'm like, I'm I got old school yeah. mentality, but I want to make it efficient. Let's do let's do right. this efficiently. That's right. And his approach, it seems to really move things along straight away. So what do you think about the, you know, that whole, and I know you're, you know, I know you've been married and, you know, you're not in mm-hmm. the dating scene, but you observe this stuff. So, you know, what do you think? Is, I do. Yeah. What do you think? Why are people substituting this very lack of personal just texting for versus live interaction? And, you know, do you think people really want that type of connection quickly or are they just more comfortable with, that kind of safe little wall that the texting and just look at my social media and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Gives, you know, this is an area I've spent a lot of time in actually, like you said, I've been married for 17 years, but again, it's just like, even though I'm not doing that, I want to learn about. Yeah. So I've had several people on who have dating apps and it's funny. They all know each other. All the dating app people who create it, (laughs) they, they're good. They're friends with each other. It's a small community. So they're like, Oh, yeah, it's a small community, so they talk about it. I actually have another lady coming on who uh, she has a dating app, and it's all audio. Like, you can't see anybody. You can just, like, hear their voice. Uh, so we're going to be doing like that, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have to, I'll, I'll have to tell you off air about it. Um, yeah. Up, but, uh, yeah, that episode's coming up soon. But you'll, I, think you're, I think it's called Blink is what it's called. Yeah. yeah. And I, what I've observed in doing this is that uh, I think people think, I'm getting a lot of options. It's good in the sense that somebody, they have a hard time meeting people in kind of your standard way and they they just want options. But I think it comes back to what we talked about in the beginning. The the digital world is full of minefields because it gives you too many options. And we know that people don't do well with too many options. And then they start to objectify people as just like this picture, this screen, swiping this way, that way. And it's almost like I have all these choices. And then they get paralyzed by these choices. And so then it becomes this thing of like, well, 
it's a jackpot. It's a slot machine. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of these apps are based off of that aspect of this yeah. dopamine hit. It's just like social media. It's all the same yeah. with that. So you can never get enough. So I don't know that necessarily people like it so much, but I think they're just drawn into it. And I said, and I think for people who are not like my age in their 40s or, or if they're in their 50s, if they've never lived without it, then that's all they know. Then they think oh. that this is how dating occurs. Whereas like I grew up without the internet, you probably grew up without the internet. So you know the game outside of this thing. Yeah. You're like, okay, I know how this works. I'm going to say like, they don't know how it works. They think this is how it works for that. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's just a matter that they, they know what they want. And they just know what's put in front of them yeah. for that. Massive access to porn, pretty free access to it. Jack, you know, uh, slot machine type dating services. And what I'm seeing is a lot of the dating app people are trying to move away from. They're trying to like, they're trying to use it as a long-term commitment-based site. Even Zach talks about that. This is for serious long-term relationships. Blink with uh, Tally, who I have coming up. Her thing's also about long-term committed relationships. So I think we're actually moving away from kind of the, not that it won't exist. There'll always be hookup sites and stuff like that. But I think it's been a lot of hooking up. And there's a large segment of the population that don't want to do that. They want a meaningful long-term relationship. I think that all these things can exist in the uh, ecosystem, but there's definitely younger people who are tired of that kind of slot machine based dopamine hit. As weird as that sounds, they want something more substantial. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot more of that coming online. The social audio revolution is coming. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I think that there isn't because and i can just say i have been a wide connoisseur of all of these and i have taken full right. advantage of i mean shit i used to screen my phone calls on an answering machine when guys would call me <laughs> <laughs> remember that people you may not remember that <laughs> i was very very young yes yeah very young we had answering machines and you could yes. choose not to pick up you'd have caller id choose not to caller id was lovely and uh, you could screen your calls and you know but that was really kind of the extent of it i mean now like you said there's just so much it's like this it's like there's too much on the menu and you can't decide and people can't pull the trigger and i'm finding personally i'm finding that and i don't i can't speak for all women because i can only speak for myself as far as the female side go but i find that there's a lot of men that are struggling with this like they cannot yeah. pull the trigger or move the process along the way I feel men of even a decade ago did. And it's really been striking to me lately where I'm just like, wow, there's that saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And I'm literally like doing my best to kind of help these guys and they, unless I'm the one fully working it, working through the process of let's, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Like I really have to be fully in charge. Mm. And as a woman, that is not what I'm looking for. (laughs) Right. I want to know that, you know, you were raised and turned out into the world as a grown up. (laughs) And I'm not picking up the slack for the lack of whatever you didn't learn. And, you know, and I don't mean that critically. I just mean like, 
there has to be, I think in dating, there's this dance, you know, there's a, it's a dance, right? Sure. It's a back and forth, it is a give and take. Yeah. it's a fun part. And I'm just finding that so many guys don't understand the kind of masculine feminine balance and why that's and the intricacies of that. And uh, it's really been pervasive for me and just what quite fascinating to stumble on it. And I'm like, Whoa, what is going on here? You know, like, yeah, what is this about? This just lack of, I want to even say manhood. I don't know if that's the right way mm. to term it, but it feels like that it feels yeah. like you're dealing with boys and not men. And, yeah. you know, I happen to know the difference at this point in my life, but <laughs> anyway, interesting observation. Last quick question is, Give me your top three favorite episodes and why. Probably my all-time favorite episode is probably pretty weird. I think it's episode 87, a woman named Courtney. And her life story is so wild and so heartbreaking, but also triumphant. It's amazing. I mean, she, she grew up in a very, very dire situation. And... She ended up meeting her biological father, who was um, in jail for murder. Ooh. And she met him, visited him in prison. And eventually, over time, you know, they created a relationship and he eventually got out of prison. When he got out of prison, he was living with her and uh, her stepmother. And the father, her biological father, then proceeded to kill her stepmother uh, when they were out. Crazy. Then she got pregnant and she became homeless. And I remember this part where she was saying how she was living in her car, staring at the stars in the sky. And, you know, then decided she went to, I think it was an ice cream place to get a job. And she just begged them for a job. She said, I have nothing else. I need this job. And uh, just persevered. And now she has this incredible business. And she's doing well in life. But like she told the story was like zero emotion. It was weird. Like I was wow. like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. And I thought just like, I just thought of that moment of her laying in this beat up old car, looking yeah. up at the stars, baby in her belly and the lowest you can be wow. in your life. And she overcame that. Yeah. So oh that, that one's like one of my up. favorite. Like, episodes. That was episode yeah. 87. Like, I'm going to. It's like 87. You got to listen to it. It's mind blowing. Listen to that right after we. Oh, out. my gosh. It's oh my so God. good. It's so good. That um, and I think also number two is Samantha Hart who was a, a big time record exec for Geffen Records back in the day. And oh, she has a book Geffen. called Blind Pony. Yeah. yeah. And this book is one of the best books I've ever read. And not everybody has a great book. I'm just going to be honest. They send yeah. you their books. Not that good. I, I mean, and some of it's great. But this is her life story is also a massive train wreck yeah. that turns into a massive triumph. Like yeah. what, the stuff know, she went through. What number is that? Oh, gosh, I can't remember which one. I think it's in the 200s, honestly. But Samantha Hart, Blind Pony, really excellent. I mean, she's done some of the, she just basically right. moved, you know, to Hollywood and created oh. this life for herself. But yeah. she did a lot of crazy stuff to get to where she got to. I mean, the book is like, you just, it's like a binge. Like you read the book, you're like, I can't stop reading this. This yeah. is so crazy Okay. that this okay. person has lived this life. And then uh, I think the third one, is a collection. I like to do kind of limited series sometimes. And I did one with uh, four death row inmates and they called in from death row and I talked to each of them and they, they're all authors. They wrote this book, Crimson Letters with uh, the main author, uh, uh, Tessie Castillo. 
Um, so it's five episodes with her plus the four of the guys that call in from death row. And it was, it's, it's amazing. It's just talking to the guys about their lives. And the book is so well written. It is so well written. Each, each prisoner tells about their life, the circumstances of their life, how they got on the death row. I mean, it's just like, it's mind blowing. And I talk to those guys still every couple months, I, they phone into me and we have a conversation just to connect. So, uh, there's plenty more. But those know, three stand out. Do you know what episodes those, that one was, that last one was, roughly? Oh, man. <laughs> so many because I've done I like know. almost 400 episodes. It's, uh, what? Again, I think that's in the 200s or the, it's probably in the 200s in there. What? But it's it'll say um, Crimson Letters, Letters from Death Row, and it's a different author each time that I talk to. Okay. It's really cool because you, you get the raw feeling of like they're calling in from Death Row and it's like, you know, that's that sense they're talking on a phone, you know, they're standing there on death row talking yeah. to you. Yeah. And and, then, and it says like, oh, yeah, 30 seconds left on your phone call, 10 seconds left. And it's like this countdown because they only have so much time and guards are there. It's like crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Oh, well, and there's a lot more than there's a lot like that on there. Those are just three. I like. Yes, top of my head. I know. I haven't even gone through your full library, but I want to just <laughs> I want to just emphasize this to all my listeners. Like, guys, you really need to check out Dr. Darian Parker's podcast. It's Dr. D's social network. Again, you know, you've kind of got an idea for just the, the wide range of topics he covers. It's really fascinating. I love I love your show. I love how you get into you. so so much and uh you know and just thank you for putting all that out there. It's really great. So okay. tell her, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, Dr. D's social network and all major all major podcasting platforms. I also on LinkedIn, I spend a lot of time on there, Instagram, Dr. D Parker 1 on Instagram, uh but you can also go to Dr. Darian Parker.com. So spell out Dr. Darian Parker.com. And my podcast is on there, along with just all different other interests I have. I've read many poetry books and things of that nature. I'd like a lot of things. You'll yeah. see that I like a lot of things. Yeah. And podcasting is just one of them. That's a good yeah. way to connect with me. No. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you so much. And guys, thank you everybody for listening. You guys stay happy healthy and safe. I love you guys. And don't forget that I will have all of Dr. Darian's links in the show notes. So anything we talked about, you can just, if you didn't write it down, don't worry. You can just connect, go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com forward slash podcast and click on this episode, which I believe is episode 212. And you will be able to uh, link to all the stuff that we talked about. And guys, as always, you know, I love your feedback. So if you want to leave me a voice memo about this episode, or you have a specific question you want me to pass along to Dr. Darian, just go ahead, click on the pink tab on the right hand side at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Leave me a voicemail up to five minutes, let it rip, and I will get back to you personally. Okay. Thanks guys. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. 